So, we started learning yesterday about the parable of the father and son. A father takes his son to a doctor, he goes through various places, and on the way back from the doctor, the father says to his son, uh, I want you to look at all the places that we've been to, and in a similar way, the Abishter uh, tells Mesha Rabbeinu to list all the places that uh, we were in throughout our traveling in the desert, and and the words of the Medrash are to tell us uh, to count to recount all the places that we angered Hashem. And uh, we had a lot of questions about this parable. Uh, we were wondering, um, number one, uh, what are the three ideas that the, 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 the father tells us on specifically, here is where we slept, here is where we got cold, and here is where you uh, hurt your head. So, we wonder what were those three events, and how come only three events are listed, and uh, how come the, the king switches from here is where we slept and where we got cold to you hurt your head. We were wondering how come... Um, sleeping and getting cold is a bad thing. Sleeping and getting cold is a good thing. So how come that's counted as part of, part of the the journeys that angered Hashem? What does that mean? So basically, what we said is that when the Jewish people arrived at Kriyas Yamsuf, to a certain extent, they saw a taste of the coming of Mashiach in the sense that they saw the expulsion, the eradication of all evil. They saw all the those who had sought to destroy them and to hurt them die. So that was a, a, a glimpse into the future when the Mashiach comes and all evil, all impurity will, will cease from the world. So for the first three journeys, till they got to the splitting of the Red Sea, they represent all of the preparation, all that happens before the coming of Mashiach. So just like the splitting of the Red Sea is a taste of the coming of Mashiach, it's also a taste of the final destination of arriving in Israel at that time. And so the first three journeys are are very generic and very relevant to um, to the whole mission of the soul in the world, um, and so we explained that the three journeys in the simp- on the simple sense are referring to our journey from uh, Pisim, uh, from Ramses to Sukes and Sukes to Asim, Asim to Biachires, and so step one is that uh, we stopped somewhere and we slept. That's the meaning of here we slept. Then we said. Then the king says to his son, here's where you got colder. That's referring to when God sent us the clouds of glory to cool us off from the hot desert sun. And here is where you hurt your head. That's referring to the Jewish people saying to Moshe Rabbeinu, saying to him, it was would have been better if we would have died in uh, in, the, in Egypt. It would have been better if we would have been slaves in Egypt and died in the desert. So our complaining to Moshe Rabbeinu, our being upset, that that's that's where our mind is 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 um, being too active uh, intellectually. I'll be an intellectual thing that we we're saying, but it was uh, something that we shouldn't have, that we shouldn't have said. And that's those are three examples of how we um, uh, uh, of how our, our journey throughout history is, as we'll see. Um, but uh, specifically, the reason why those are considered part of the times that we've angered Hashem, even though what's wrong with God sending us the clouds of glory, what does that mean? How does it do, how, what does it do with anger? So we find that um, 
the journey of the Jewish people in the desert represents the journey, and it's connected to the journey of the soul into the world, and the journey of the Jewish people into the exile, period. So, while we're in the midst of the exile, while we're going through all the different things that things are happening, um, we cannot see how this is all part of our uh, visit to the doctor, how this is all part of our, our, our reaching a higher level spiritually and while this, while this is all a good thing. But the king tells his son on the way back from the doctor, here is where all the stops that we've taken to get to the doctor. Similarly, after Mashiach comes, or after the person passes away, and then looking back at, at the person's life, then you could say that all the different events that happened were, were positive. In a similar way, um, the the three steps, as we'll see what they what they were, um, these three steps uh, in the, 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 the king uh, uh, reckons as the king lists, although they're not all negative, but since they represent the descent of the soul to the world, therefore they're part of the time of where the king is upset. Not necessarily by anything that we've done, but the king is upset about the circumstance. It's like the previous Rebbe says, and the Rebbe quotes, that the tzimtzum is the opposite of God's desire. God God made the tzimtzum. He made it. He wanted it. But maybe it's like some, it's, maybe it's similar to what the Gemara says. There are four things God regrets that he made every day. God regrets, the Talmud says, different things that he created. It's not that Hashem doesn't want them to exist. Otherwise, they wouldn't exist. But he has pain from them as well. So to the Abishter has pain from the tzimtzum. So it's not necessarily things that we have done, but it's something that... that um, that is something that, that causes, so to speak, frustration, <coughs> pain. It's opposite of, what, of, of, of his gesund, opposite of what Hashem, uh, what Hashem wants, what Hashem, what Hashem enjoys. I'll say it that way. So, um, so while we're in the midst of the journeys themselves, there's their frustration, their anger, their, 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 there's no enjoyment there. But on the way back, after the we reach the destination, then we can look back in hindsight is twenty twenty vision, and we could say, ah, Kashmak, this is this is what this is, this is what that is. So um now we're gonna continue and uh ask the following question. A question like this. If we're talking about um things that God did, so even though we said that God doesn't enjoy the things he did so much, but he did them for a purpose. All right, so that, at least we could say that's part of the journey. That's something that Hashem, Hashem has done and that has a point, then okay. But if we're talking about mistakes that we have done, that we, through our sins, have caused the world to descend more than the tzimtzum, right? The tzimtzum uh, doesn't answer why, uh, why, why, doesn't have the excuse for all of, of, of all mistakes. So the question is, um, how can all of those uh, things that we have done ourselves, not that a God has done, the things that we have done, how can we call those things part of the elevation? How can we say those are part of the journey to the doctor, those are part of getting better? Even if you say that... Um, in order to rectify a deeper mistake, you need to uncover a deeper power within yourself. So if you made a really bad mistake, you have to really do a higher level of tshuva. So if I made, if I made a mistake myself that a God didn't 
uh, that God didn't dictate, but I, with my own free will, made a bigger mistake, so that means I'm going to do a higher level of tshuva, but that's something that I did now. That's something which, which happens today. It's not, it's not that the mistake itself is something that is part of the elevation. It's that I went the wrong direction, and now, in order to rectify the wrong direction I've done, I can now go to a higher place and go to do something even better. But what we're, what we're, the name of this Torah portion is the journeys. That it's all part of the journey to Israel. How can you say that the sin itself is part of the journey? You could say that you could fix the mistake later, but how can you say that the mistake itself is part of the journey upwards towards Israel, upwards towards Mashiach? You hear the question? We all, we, we all ask this question in different ways than, than, than one. The question is, are, are, am I still in, in, am I, is my life still heading to its destiny when I've veered off course? Am I, am I still on the destiny? Am I, or, or have now some other destiny? Like, wh- where am I now? I've, I've, I've now gone off the, the beaten track. Where am I? And where am I going? I, I'm not in, so to speak, it seems, I'm not in his hands anymore. I'm not going up anymore. I've gone somewhere else. Oh, I could, I could, the, the most you could think, you could say is that, okay, now that I made one off the course, so now I could do something even better. Okay, fine. But now I'm, I, I'm in my own, I'm, I'm in my own hands, it would seem. I'm not, I'm not anymore going on the journey to Israel. I went somewhere else. However, that's not true. As the Mithra explains at length, that the reason why Adam sinned and ate from the tree of knowledge is because Hashem himself uh, caused that to happen. Why the Mithra says that the Yitzhahara, the evil inclination, convinces a person to sin is because God caused the evil inclination to seduce you to do this in the first place. God, so to speak, gave us an alibi, which means he, he, he guides our mistake as well. The mistake also, Hashem caused the Yitzhahara to seduce me to make this sin as well. I, Chaim Peretz is saying, one second, one second. What about free choice? One of the principles of our faith is free choice. You're saying that the Abishter caused me to sin one second. Don't I have free choice? So, this assistance that God gives the power of evil to overcome and overwhelm the power of goodness is in a way that um, you don't you don't feel. You don't feel. So you don't feel that uh, it's hidden. There's a hidden assistance that God is giving. God is stacking the deck on the side of you, the side of evil, and um, just like. God's knowledge of what you're going to do doesn't force you. God, God knows what you're going to choose. It doesn't force you to choose. So too, God's assistance to the side of evil doesn't, um, doesn't, it's not something that, 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 that you see and you're privy to. You have free will and you're, you, you could do what you want. You, you, you're not, that, that additional assistance, the stacking the deck, the loaded, the loaded dice on one side is not something that, that, that's revealed. That's something that's just hidden. Um, there is a, uh, a, a a sentence in the Talmud that uh, quote in the, in the first chapter of Tanya that when the angel comes before God and says to ask God should this boy be a tzaddik should this boy be a rasha I'm sorry should this boy be smart or foolish and the, God decrees in each child if he should be smart or foolish or he should be tall or short and there's one thing that it doesn't say says the Talmud God doesn't decree if he should be a tzaddik or a rasha it doesn't say if he should be righteous or wicked that God doesn't say it. So, so the Chassidus explains that it doesn't. It, it's very specific. God doesn't say it. The things that God knows, 
but God doesn't say. If God would have dictated in his speech, that would have forced us to be a certain way. But the fact that God knows what you're going to choose, that's not in a way that forces your choice. The analogy Chassidus gives, I'm not going to get into this whole discussion right now, because we're never going to finish it, but uh, the analogy Chassidus gives is, let's say I Ruch HaKadosh, let's say I had divine inspiration, let's say I knew that Chaim Peretz is going to go over to his uh, Siddur today and give a big smile right before Hedel. It's ah, so I'm so lucky to Davin David. So let's say I knew that. that. Huh? Interesting that you should say that. Okay, so let's say I knew that. That's what you're going to do. Let's say let's say I knew that, right? You, the reason you smiled is not because because I knew that you did it because you you because of you. You I happen to know what you. I happen to have divine inspiration to know what your choice was, but that's not what forced you. My knowledge isn't what forced you. If I throw a, a, a ball to the air, the fact that it lands, I know it's going to land. It's not going to land because I know it's going to land. It's going to land because that's what the um, th- that's how the that's how Hashem ordained the, the ball to descend. I know what Hashem ordains when you throw the ball upwards. I know how it works, but it's not falling because of my knowledge. Similarly, the Abishers' knowledge doesn't force us, and, and Abishers stacking the deck is in a way that we don't feel. So it doesn't force our choice. I I have the full volition in my perspective to do what I want to do what I want to do. So it comes out. That since these descents that have happened to us are with God's intent, that what is God's intent? What does God want out of the deck being stacked against the evil being stacked against the side of good? That the good overwhelms evil. Why do that evil overwhelms good? Rather, why would God stack the deck so that evil overwhelms the good and and that the person fails? What's the point of that? The point of that is is that, that there should be a greater light which comes from darkness. That when the sins are transformed to mitzvahs. They're an even greater. They're an even greater merit. That's the point. So that's why Hashem stacks the deck. That's why Nidali Miodam. That's why Adam sinned in order that there should be something better coming out as, as a result of this. But there's still a difference between the first two categories, between the first two events that the king at the, um, the 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 midrash lists and the third event. In the first event, it says. Um, the king is guiding his son to the doctor. The king is taking his son by the, by the hand, so let's go to the doctor. Then there are other journeys which we decided to go, and the king is also guiding us on those journeys as well, but it's, it feels like those are our own journeys. There are places that God takes us by our hand and leads us to, and we know Hashem is holding our hand and leading us to, and there are places that we feel that we are going to by ourselves, uh, but the truth is that God's holding our hand there as well. We just don't see it. He's guiding our hand even when we're going to places that we shouldn't go to, even though we don't see it. The Gemara says this. As if the Jewish people would have a merit, if they would have a schus, the moment their feet touched the Reed Sea, they would have immediately been transported to Israel. That means that the reason why there were journeys after we arrived in the Red Sea was only because we did not have merit, because of our sins. But all the journeys till the splitting of the Red Sea were all because of our merit. We're, we're also part of the plan, uh, irrespective of our, of our merit. Our merit could have, could have transported us from the Red Sea to Israel, but without, uh, irrespective of our merit, we still would have to do the journeys to get to the Red Sea. What does that mean? The desert begins after you cross the Reed Sea. The place of the journeys till the Reed Sea 
is are, are, are in between the civilized country of Egypt and the desert. Spiritually, what are those journeys in between Egypt and the Red Sea? The desert, as I mentioned earlier, the desert is a place where people don't live, and Hasidus says, it quotes it here as well, that it's a place where godliness does not, is not revealed. Just like a man is compared to Hashem, so a place where people don't live represents a place where godliness cannot reside. A place which is against, which opposes the will of Hashem. So the way that leads to the desert is, is the way on the way to the desert, it's not the civilized country of Israel, of Egypt rather, it's not a place of civilization. You're on the way from Egypt to the desert, you've left the place of civilization of Egypt, you haven't yet arrived in the place of the desert, a place which is the opposite of the will of God, but it's not the will of God also. It's part of the descent that Hashem ordains. There's a place that Hashem puts you in, which is not, you haven't yet gone against the will of Hashem, but you have left the place of civilization. So, the three examples that the Medrash gives, uh, which correspond to the three journeys till we got to the Red Sea, uh, those three journeys are the ones that the king openly and clearly is taking the kid by the hand saying, let's go. The other journeys, which are a result of our mistakes, because again, if we didn't make any mistakes, we would have gone from the moment our feet touched the Red Sea to Israel. So those journeys, after we've got to the Red Sea, and we've gone against the will of our, we've, 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 we've had lost our merit for whatever reason, they're also guided by the king's hand. However, it's different. There's a difference between the first three journeys, the subsequent journeys, how are they different? The first three, you see the king holding your hand. The, after the first three, it's, it looks like the king's let go, but he's not. What's the theme of the first three journeys? The king is holding your hand, and you can see he's, he's helping you. It's between the place of civilization, the place of where God rests. I know Egypt isn't usually a place that we, we, use, we refer to as a place where God rests, but for our purposes over here, since we're comparing the desert to a place where God does not rest, because people can't rest there, people can't live there, so leaving the place of civilization, going to the desert, is this intermediary space where Hashem is challenging us, but we haven't yet, the challenges that Hashem has ordained, but it's not, we haven't yet gone off the beaten track. We're still being guided by Hashem's hand. Hashem is still openly and clearly holding our hand. So the Medrash gives, says that there are three parts of that original first step, where, where Hashem is clearly taking you by the hand. Here is where we slept, here is where we got cold, here is where you hurt your head. They, all these steps, aren't, aren't yet a state of real sickness. Although we said that the king takes us son to the doctor, but we haven't really gotten sick yet in all these first three sta- stages. Even the stage where you've, you've hurt your head is not yet considered sickness. As Rashi says, Kol Michosh is Shasha Ba'alma. The word the word that Talmud uses for hurt over here means a temporary um, angst, but it's not an illness. You've hurt your head, but it doesn't mean um, doesn't mean an actual illness. And, and although the the, the, the language the Medrash is a king who is taking whose son is sick, there are many levels of sickness, and um, the neshama before it descends to the world is also called sick in the sense that it's a, it's a love sick to, to be close to Hashem. But there's no, until we, um, in these first three steps of the journey, 
Hashem is clearly hiding, holding our hand, and we haven't yet um, gotten to a state of real sickness in the negative sense. There's a sickness in the positive sense, and the Shama yearning to go to a higher level in Ganadin, fine. In order for a Jew to have free will, that there should be a choice between good and evil, three things have to happen. Number one, the neshama has to descend from the place of light and revelation and to go to a place of concealment where the light's not there. There cannot be a choice between good and bad and life and death unless you're in a place where there's an opportunity to choose the opposite of life and the opposite of light and the opposite of, unless there's that choice you can't unless unless there is a a removal of the light the shama leaves the holy place leaves the place of revelation you can't have that choice so step one is there has to be a descent of the soul to a body where it loses the light as the rebbe told Adam posner over the previous rebbe told the shama is in heaven where it's warm and where it's bright and the previous rebbe pointed with index finger down and god says to the soul go down where it's cold and where it's dark and there you should bring light so that's step number one. Then, in order for the neshama to do its mission, there has to be a place of the light has to he has to leave the place of light. Number two, there has to be an opportunity to choose life as well. God has to also put the path of life in front of us as well, which means that in addition to the removal of light, there has to be something else. As it says in the Talmud, God. Wanted to create the world with the attribute of justice, but he added the attribute of mercy. There has to be mercy as well. There has to be some kind of revelation as well. It cannot be that there's that there's no. Um, uh, it cannot be that there's no. Um, um, uh, uh, that there's no rachmanis. That there's no light of Hashem. Otherwise, we wouldn't be able to do anything. And number three, in order to have free will, the animal soul must have some intelligence. And the, the animal soul's mind must be able to look at things which are not good, but things which are the opposite of life, the opposite of life, and find some benefit in them. The animal soul has to be able to look at bad choices and see something good in those bad choices. Because if um, the animal soul's attraction to death and evil was only, because, was only emotional, so then it wouldn't really be... Um, some, then the deck would have been would be stacked too heavily on the side of good. It wouldn't really be a free choice. If, if, if going after wrong choices was only emotional, without, without any intellectual benefit, there wouldn't really be a free choice. There has to also be some kind of, of some kind of intellect um, in order of the animal soul to, to choose, make bad choices. And these three things, the, the removal of the light of Hashem, the fact that good, that life does look appealing, that goodness does look appealing. And number three, that the animal soul has some kind of logic in, 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 in seeing how the opposite of life is good. Um, not the opposite of life is good. It, it appears that way. But the animal soul can see that, that, otherwise it wouldn't be a free choice. Those three items correspond to the three things that Rashi mentions. Here is where we slept. Here's where we got cold, and here's where you hurt your head. What does sleep mean? Sleep is the 60th of death. That's when you, your mind uh, departs a little bit, right? You don't think as well when you sleep. That that's, represents the neshama leaving the highly place in Gandhi. Here's where you got cold. That's, that's how Hashem cools off the tzimtzum. 
Hashem doesn't make a tzimtzum be complete tzimtzum, but the tzimtzum has a is directed towards revelation. So Hashem cools off that tzimtzum. It's not total. It's not a, a total um, uh, confusion. There, there, there is. It's it, Hashem cools off that tzimtzum. Hashem adds the attribute of, mar, of mercy as well. And number three, Hashem says, "Here's where you hurt your head." Hashem gave the the intellect to the animal soul to to possibly see how evil is good. So now we understand why it says in the plural, here's where we slept, and here's where we got cold, and why it says, you hurt your head in the singular. Because Hashem, um, Hashem is the one who creates the tzimtzum, but the animal soul seeing favor, having a preference in, in ugly, ugly things, that's not something that, that is in godliness. That's something which is only in the king's son, not in the king himself. The king, the king himself doesn't have an animal soul. So, as I said before, the, um, even the, the mistakes that we make, which are a result of our own choice, they're also guided by God's hand. But in those scenarios where, where it feels like uh, we're making the choice, the fact that Hashem is holding our hand is hidden. We don't see how Hashem is holding our hand. And that's why the first three journeys, which represent all the future journeys, are... Um, the, the, the later journeys as well are also Hashem holding our hand. Um, they, they're connected to the later journeys as well, because there's no real difference in the first three journeys and later journeys. Because even our mistakes, going to the desert, going to the place which is opposite of the will of Hashem, is also a place that Hashem has taken us by the hand to. But it's not something, it's not something that we see. Therefore, the first three journeys do represent the later journeys. And that's why Rashi, after he mentions the third journey, he says the next word, etc. Here is where you hurt your head, etc. Rashi wants to hint that also what happens after you've hurt your, you hurt your head. The fact that the king's son... Um, has become really sick. He's really gone against the will of Hashem. Not just the way the king has, not just what the king has done, not just the things that the Abishter has done in an open and clear way, but even the things that this king's son has done clearly against the will of Hashem. That's also part of the journey of the king's son to the doctor to get healed. And therefore it's clear that the whole point of the illness is only in order that the king's son should get healed, in order that the Averis should be transformed to mitzvahs. And not only does a person have the ability to fix up his mistakes later and to turn them into mitzvahs, but that is the, the, the intent of the mistake in the first place. Because again, the king guides the, his son not only in, the, um, in, in, in the, those things where you could see the king holding the king's son's hand and saying, here's where you should go. But even those things which it looks like the king's son is going by himself, the king is also holding his hand there as well. That's where Rashi adds the word v'chulu, although it looks like that, that this is, you're going totally off, you're in the desert, you're going totally off against the will of Hashem. Nevertheless, Rashi says that's, that's part of the place where the king is guiding you. And th- this transformation of Averis to Mitzvahs will be openly... Uh, and perfectly uh, realize the coming of Mashiach when, just like an analogy, the king goes back over all the journeys that he took his son on. And he says, Here's where this is happening, here's where that happened. So, too, when, when the sun emerges, it says, Mashiach will come, will be like the sun rising. Now, Hashem will show us 
the inner meaning and the truth of all the journeys of the exile, the card of Mamish. Amen. Amen.